Hello and welcome to the second edition of Small Business on the Island. I'm your host, Andrew Walker. We're talking small business on the Gulf Islands and Vancouver Island, providing you with the issues and information that matter the most. On today's program, we speak with Dale Schwager, the owner of Moby's Pub here on Salt Spring, and David Crouch from ITK Consulting joins us for another serving of Tech Talk. Let's get to it. Well, we've had some interesting things come up over the past few weeks since our last podcast, and one of them is a new restaurant out in Fernwood. Twig and Bowie is the name, and I have to say they picked the right place to move in and start out. If you're a West Coaster, then you know one of the most important things that accompanies a great restaurant is the location. And with Twig and Bowie right next to the Fernwood dock overlooking the ocean, I'm pretty sure that patrons will enjoy the views on the dock before or after their meal. But will it last? Coming up when we speak with Dale Schweigert, he talks about one of the tough things on the island is the need for more restaurants to meet up with the demand, especially in the summer with all the tourists, and of course something new for the locals to try in the off-season. So, without further ado, let's get to our feature. Since taking over Moby's Pub back in 2013, Dale Schweigert and his wife Susan have provided an infinite amount of good times no matter what the occasion. The place holds open mics, song jam sing-alongs, bingo, and that's just the beginning. On weekends you can join in on a band playing country, folk, rock covers, and so much more. And the food is more than just pub food. We caught up with Dale to find out more about his journey and thoughts on the restaurant industry. Well, uh, Moby's is um, a neighborhood pub here on Salt Spring Island. We are uh, fortunate we're in a position where there aren't a lot of other businesses of the same type in the community. So uh, we find ourselves having to be all things to all people. So we're a neighborhood pub. We've got great food. We do the sports thing. We do live entertainment. We've got a pool table. We've got the uh, dining uh, right beside the water on the deck. It's a little bit of all things to all people. What is your future vision for uh, the restaurant here? We're looking to do more of the same. We want to uh, fine-tune our staff. We want to uh, continue providing what we're providing now. There is a possibility of a new building for Moby's, which would be approximately five years down the future. That would be something out over the water a little more, uh, maybe not as wild as the current Moby's is, but, uh, but there is an opportunity for Moby's to, uh, to grow. Have you always been involved with small businesses um, and, of course, restaurants? And if so, what type of things have you done in the past? Well, I've been in this business for 35 years, usually working for someone else. I started uh, back in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan when my radio career didn't work out. I uh, worked in a uh, nightclub uh, atmosphere in Moose Jaw, worked my way to Saskatoon, worked there for several years, then to Port Moody, British Columbia, New Westminster, and then uh, spent 10 years in Whistler and eight years on the Sunshine Coast before coming to the, the Salt Spring Island. Uh, do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage to be here on Salt Spring? Have you considered, even uh, before Moby's um, opening up a restaurant on Vancouver Island or maybe even the other Gulf Islands, Maine, Pender, or Galliano? Well, when we moved, 
we were leaving the Sunshine Coast, we looked all over. We looked all over Vancouver Island. We looked uh, in the Vancouver area. We looked interior BC. This opportunity on Salt Spring was a little bit special for us. It gave us an opportunity to have a community that we, we were really looking for, this smaller community that we could feel comfortable within the community. We didn't get a good look at a lot of the other Gulf Islands. We did look up and down uh, Vancouver Island, but Salt Spring was the best opportunity for us, and, and Moby's in particular at the time was closed, and uh, the opportunity was, was uh, perfect for us. What is your key strength as a business owner? I think this, my strength as a business owner, I've 35 years experience, so that's a plus, but, uh, but really any small business owner needs to spend time within their business. I think that that is where your success is. So we spend a lot of time here. We work within our business. We work on our business. And we work with our staff every day trying to encourage them and help them and mold them to be better parts of our business. We're also a family environment. So my wife works in the business. My daughters work in the business. And any of our longtime staff, we consider them extensions of our our existing family. So it's a it's a comfortable atmosphere and it, it doesn't get to be that way unless you're here a lot. What's the biggest challenge that you face right now? I think the biggest challenge for us and the and it's it's really a challenge for all Salt Spring businesses, it's the ability to provide deliverables for our guests. Salt Spring has lost a lot of businesses over the last uh, several years, and there are, there are fewer restaurants here than there were before. Now, that sounds like that should be a good thing for a restaurateur to have one of the few restaurants left in town. But when we get to our summer months and we are bringing an onslaught of guests, like the volume of guests we expect for this year and, and what was last year and for many years to come, we need to give them some deliverables. There needs to be great things to do. There needs to be great places to eat. There needs to be great places to go and things to see. And and I personally think Salt Springs running a little short on that right now. And, and we need a couple more restaurants to help balance that out, particularly in the sub- summer months. It seems like it would be great for business to be busy all the time, but when businesses run at 110% for months at a time, they aren't showing the best that they can be. And I don't, I didn't move to Salt Spring to be running at 110% for months at a time. We moved here for life balance. So I believe we have to work on deliverables and, and uh, we have to work on that at Moby's. All businesses on Salt Spring have to work on that. And we have to make sure that when guests get here, they have a great experience so that they go home and talk about it and they bring more people the year after and the year after and the year after. So you just keep them coming back and coming back. That's the plan. What types of technology do you use in your business and have they helped you? Have there been more positives than negatives or has it been 50-50 with them? Technology in this industry is uh, is not as involved as, as it might be in some of the other industries. We use technology in the form of computers. Our point-of-sale systems are much more accurate than they've ever been before. We can now uh, control our inventories much better than ever before. We use uh, social media for our marketing. We use almost exclusively website marketing. So whatever we do online, like the Salt Spring Exchange or Facebook, those work outstanding for us. And the price is very low. 
which is fantastic. We, we also have um, integrated camera systems that allow us to uh, observe what goes on here if, we're, if we happen not to be here uh, any given evening or if we have to look backwards to see what, what, what went on. So technology plays a part in our business, but really this business, the hospitality business, is about faces at tables and, and, and getting your frontline staff with big smiles talking to guests. I'm guessing, I think, what was it, last year when we had that minor earthquake, were you able to kind of go on your phone and then look it up or were you immediately down here to check it out to see if anything wasn't broken or anything? Well, I remember the earthquake well because it woke me out of bed. We, did, uh, we didn't have uh, a need or a feel that we had to rush down here. I did call down, and uh, the people uh, that were working at that particular time were, were pretty much unaware that anything had happened. They had heard from other people that it had happened, but uh, other than uh, a few of the um, wine glasses clinking that were hanging above the bar, there was very little that, that uh, anybody noticed at that earthquake incident. And lastly, what is the one piece of advice you would give to somebody else uh, that wants to start a small business or even a restaurant uh, in, in times like this even? Well, I don't think there's ever a spectacular time to go into small business for yourself. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be reasons not to. Um, I was in business for 35 years uh, and it, it took the first 31 or I've been in business for 35 years. After 31 is when I finally took the jump and, and got into business for myself. So so um, I would say my advice is to do it. Just, just do it, believe in yourself, and be present in your business. If you're there and, and you can, can help guide your business along, you will have a huge chance and opportunity to be more successful than if you're not present in your business. Believe in yourself. The last four years here at Moby's have been outstanding for us. Um, there were challenges and there, there were hard times, but uh, as long as you're present in your business and work hard, things will come around. So my advice is go ahead and do it. Don't think about it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks to Dale for the interview, and if you'd like to find out more, you can head over to their website, mobyspub.ca, and give them a like on Facebook at Moby's Pub. The Gulf Island Community Radio Society is a non-profit with a passion for local community radio on island. Set up by a group of people who previously volunteered at the original Salt Spring Island radio station, CFSI, the goal is simple, bring back community radio to the Gulf Islands and beyond. Currently, the Society has an online station broadcasting commercial-free music 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, but their ultimate goal is to finish building the studio and set up all the equipment where they can provide a real-time connection with their listeners. The station will also broadcast weekly community features, podcasts, and live-on-location segments too. To find out more, visit Gulf Islands Community Radio Society at gicrs.ca, all one word and all lowercase, that's G-I-C-R-S dot C-A, or on Facebook at Gulf Island Community Radio Society. Better yet, if you would like to contribute, you can purchase a membership or browse their shop on their website or volunteer at their on-location events. And we're back. Now time for a little bit of tech talk. Joining me as always is one of our sponsors of the podcast, David Crouch from ITK Consulting. David, it's great to have you back. Yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, Andrew, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing all right, but uh, I'm a little jealous right now. I understand that you're off on a trip, but not just any regular trip. It's a big trip. Where will you be going next week? 
Yeah, next week uh, we're going away for three weeks, uh, starting off in London, and then we're down to the Canary Islands, and then back finishing up with uh, with London again. Oh, I'm I'm just jealous right now. I mean, it's it's supposedly supposed to snow Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and oh, I, I just don't want to have to live through this whole snow fiesta here on salt spring and you're going to be you know packing up and heading away soon yeah well hopefully it's uh nice obviously it'll be fine in the canary islands but you know london can be as as uh, dubious weather as uh, we have here so who knows oh fair well what do you have for us this week for uh tech talk well this week uh, i thought what i would do is set the table for what i think will probably be three to six months going through all the different categories of software. We started last week looking at um, some technology trends or what many people thought were technology trends. I didn't. And so I thought to set the table up, I wanted to review a couple of high profile articles that deal with technology for small business. So tell us about the first one. So the first one is a survey from last summer done by Sure Payroll. Now they're the largest uh, payroll service provider for small business in the United States. Now this is uh, completely software as a service. It's done online. Now they provide a lot of value add benefits and they, they survey their users, which is great. And these surveys are fairly high profile. Um, now that's indicative, but it's obviously not very scientific because they're only surveying their clients. So they're not getting everybody's viewpoint. Anyway, this was something that came out last summer, which was from their users, the review of their favorite tech tools. And, um, you know, let's just run through some of them. They, they make a lot of sense. Cloud storage, number one was Google Drive. Number two is Dropbox. Email marketing, MailChimp by a mile. Facebook, number one. LinkedIn, number two. Social media management, Hootsuite. All of those are what you'd expect, and those are leaders in the categories. But then when you get further in, so like, for instance, the third uh, social network tool evidently was Google+. Plus. Really? Google+, Plus was third? Yeah, I mean, I have trouble believing that. Uh, to me, Google Plus is dead. Um, following, evidently, Google Plus was uh, uh, was Twitter and Instagram. It doesn't make sense to me. And so on you go. So, for instance, in the CRM category, they quote that Salesforce is the number one tool. Now, Salesforce is the leader in CRM, but they're thought more, much more as a large organization toolkit. It's complex. It's hard to deploy. Most importantly, from a small business standpoint, it's very expensive. So I find that hard to believe. Then they have a category called um, organization, which is led by Google Drive. I don't even know what organization means, but when I look through it, you know, the other people in that category are Evernote and then Microsoft Outlook and, and OneNote. So I think this is kind of getting at productivity tools, but it really gives the whole, what I think of the key deficiency to this whole um, survey is that this isn't comprehensive and these aren't the most important software categories for a small business. Sure, that's great to be talking about social media and stuff, but let's think about the core things. Business management, payroll, naturally they don't talk about payroll because it's only their users, uh, e-commerce, web tools, accounting, etc. Those things are completely absent from this survey. Oh, and it's partially helpful. So what about the second article? Well, the second article, that's a little more recent. That's from December, published in December. Um, the 35 best cloud tools or cloud services for small businesses. Now, this is from the venerable publication PC Magazine. Now, Andrew, have you ever heard of PC Magazine? 
I've heard of the name, but uh, what exactly would it be? Well, obviously, I mean, it's PCs, but um, what does it go into? It, it, the reason I use the word venerable, because in the 80s, for sure, that was its heyday, maybe even the 90s, PC Magazine was the Bible. Everybody read it. At times, it must have been nearly 300 pages thick. When you, when you, have, to, you have to bring it home in a, in a uh, wheelbarrow. It was glossy. It was filled with ads, but it was the source of information. Now it's just one of dozens of technology news sources. But anyway, this is from PC Magazine. Here, it's broader, much broader actually, and it's more comprehensive. And to me anyway, PC Magazine has a bit more of a credible uh, background. They also have a link to software as a service for free tools and i should just point out here we will publish the links to both of these articles uh accompanying our um this podcast on our facebook page so anyway they also have a link i'm not going to go into it but dealing with free tools now i'm not really that keen uh, about free tools oh how come you're not about the free tools specifically well basically you get what you pay for and so if you're getting it for free you're not getting much or there's another way that that organization is making money they're either getting you in and they're going to advertise to you or something like that but i can understand if you're really small just starting out or cash strapped uh a not-for-profit then maybe go with uh with free tools anyway looking at the rest of it they they cover off the the, the people that you would expect accounting they have QuickBooks, as you expect. They're the number one uh, purveyor. Uh, payroll services, of course, they've got Sure Payroll, um, etc. They cover off other important things like security software, other types of hardware. But there's three things that are kind of confusing here. The first one is they have some really niche products uh, mentioned. You know, like they have Rosetta Stone Catalyst for for translating. They have. Um, uh, some niche training development products. I just don't understand who's going to be using that uh, on a wide basis. Contract management software. Um, then the second thing I find is is pretty odd. There's some odd choices. Again, in the CRM area, and, that, and of course, that's one of the expertises of uh, ITK. You know, they choose a very odd choice in something called Nutshell, which is not really mainstream and not one of the most popular ones for small business. And then for survey tools, they pick Zoho Survey, and yet SurveyMonkey, again, is the number one thing. But the third and probably most important reason here, I, I, I think this is deficient, is it, again, is still missing some really common and important software for small business. That's one is web software. 25% of all websites are built using WordPress. And then there's some tremendous growth in some of the new web builders. And then the second one is basic productivity software, word processing, spreadsheets, Email clients, again, not even mentioned. So they actually had a, a, one of their choices was Power BI, which is a great but hard to use product from uh, Microsoft. Yet not one mention about Office 365, which has something like 1.2 billion users in the world. So what is a small business to do uh, to find out reliable and accurate information about technology? Well, it's interesting. That's one of the, I, I guess we've decided in, in doing this, um, podcast is that's one of the things that we're going to start doing. We're going to add in within the next month, we're going to add in an accompanying website to this, and we're going to start to do 
our, what we think of as unbiased, objective, substantive reviews, category by category of uh, each type of software. I see. Well, just before we go, what is coming up for the next podcast? Well, for the next podcast, as you've already uh, highlighted, I'm going to be away. So my, uh, my colleague from ITK Consulting, Doug McLaughlin, who will start to be a regular um, person on this podcast, he's going to come on and talk about the the key hardware and networking components for um, small business. He's, uh, as you well know, is our Mr. Gadget. He, he's going to be able to tell us about every new and interesting little piece of technology, although next podcast is just the basics of hardware and networking. Oh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to hearing from him too. David, thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Enjoy your vacation. Okay, I will, and uh, talk to you in about a month, Andrew. Well, that's it for our second edition of Small Business on the Islands. If you do find yourself on Salt Spring, why not head on down to Moby's Pub? Great food, great people, and a fantastic butter chicken dish they serve. Speaking of which, I'm actually going to go over and get some right away. I'm Andrew Walker. Thanks for listening. <laughs>